G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Today we're going to be reflecting on a question that our guest has been asking. Asking of people, especially Christians, saying, what are you doing to protest abortion? Well, for lots of Christians who typically hold a biblical pro-life position, the recent overturning of Roe versus Wade abortion legislation was a dramatic relief. The Supreme Court of the United States passed on the power to legislate abortion back into the hands of the states. It sent ripples, even shockwaves around the world, including here in Australia, where pro-abortion rallies have taken to the streets. And there are lots more pro-abortion activities that are coming up. In the US, there have reportedly been more than a hundred pro-abortion attacks having taken place, including 32 acts of vandalism against churches, 51 against pro-life organisations. One of the most consistent and courageous pro-life campaigners in Australia has taken a very sober approach to the Roe versus Wade breakthrough and is redoubling efforts to protect the unborn. Graham Preston leads Protect Life and continues to draw attention to the plight of babies in the womb on the streets, while his wife Liz continues to support pregnant women at Priceless Life Centre in the city of Brisbane. Australian law has been so anti-life, Graham has been jailed six times for his Christian pro-life activism Our absolute privilege to have Graham back in the studio with us today. Graham, welcome along to 2020. Thank you, Neil. Graham, let me start with uh, the question that we want to ask today. What are you doing to protest abortion? This is on your heart. You've been an activist. You've been very, very dynamic in the way that you present a pro-life argument. But you've wondered over these years, where are the hordes of people who are standing up to support it is a relevant question, isn't it? Ah, yes, that's right. I mean, uh, many people, I think, uh, got discouraged after it was abortion was legalised, but if abortion was wrong before it was legal, it's just as wrong now. So, uh, yes, we still need to maintain our vigilance, our concern for the uh, unborn children. No doubt some would be concerned, well, if I were going to stand alongside Graham on the streets, maybe I'll get arrested, maybe I'll get fined. Maybe I'll be the victim of someone's abuse or assault. Uh, But then the last one might actually be the clincher. Maybe they'll send me to jail. Uh, That's a risk, isn't it? Well, very unlikely for simply being on the streets that you'd end up in jail. Uh, The other things, though, certainly could happen, and uh, they've all happened to me. But uh, I think what we've got to keep in mind is what are we speaking up for and does it warrant? the risk of those other things happening. And I think that's where we've got to keep things in perspective, that, yes, some negative things can happen for those who speak up, 
But uh, to remain silent while the killing goes on just cannot be done. Is it enough to just say uh, abortion kills babies? Uh, You've obviously taken this to a new level and you want people to think a little more deeply about what they can do more proactively. Uh, Is it enough just to agree? Well, I mean, that's a start, but that's only the beginning. It's certainly not an end. I mean, when you listen to what is actually said when you say that, abortion kills babies, uh, you know, that, that is a huge thing. I think our senses have become so dulled by the fact that we've had abortion happening in Australia openly now for over 40 years. Uh, we've lost the incredible impact of what that sentence says. Um, in any other circumstance where babies are deliberately being killed, we will say, well, that's got to stop immediately. But when it comes to abortion, we say, well, yeah, abortion kills babies, but we can live with that. And I think, uh, particularly for Christians, we've got to reevaluate our, our willingness to live with something as serious as this. Graham, some might be thinking, uh, can it get worse in Australia than what we current ha- currently have as a uh, abortion uh, legislated uh, around our states and territories. Uh, it's already uh, abortion to birth uh, in virtually every state around Australia. Uh, some would be saying, well, the things that have happened in America, the Roe versus Wade overturning, uh, that's really just given Americans what we already have here in Australia. And, uh, and here in Australia, they've pushed the boundaries so far. Can it get worse? Well, here in Australia, it really is hard to imagine. I mean, uh, how it can get worse with abortion, as you said, that uh, certainly here in Queensland and elsewhere around Australia, uh, the, the law varies, but essentially in most places, abortion is allowable up to birth if you can find two doctors who are agreeable to do it. So that's the only requirement. It's basically for any reason at all, if the doctors are willing to, to provide the abortion for the woman, I mean, in various states here in Queensland, it's 22 weeks without having to give a reason, and so the abortion must be provided at that late stage. But beyond that, it's up to the woman, basically, to find two doctors. So it's hard to imagine how it can get much worse than that. Um, But there are increasing moves in towards infanticide because of babies that are born alive after some abortions are just left to die, and that is directly, absolutely infanticide because you are not providing them with the necessities of life. And in a sense, well, that's illegal as well because the law does require you, if you come across a circumstance where somebody is perhaps in a car accident and you refuse to give any help, you can be charged with failing to provide the necessities of life. But that happens with the babies who are born and survive abortion. They just leave them to die. So we are practicing infanticide. So in that direction, I guess things could get worse. But um, as far as abortion goes, it really is, you would think that the pro-abortionists have won everything. Early in our conversation today, Graham, let me ask you about Christians, because if you're not a Christian and you're trying to come up with a moral position on this, you might settle on a number of different ways that you can talk about when uh, when life actually begins. Uh, for the Christian, though, with a biblical view, uh, we don't have as much choice. Uh, things are fairly cut and dried. Life begins at conception. That puts extra responsibility on the shoulders of the Christian believer, doesn't it? Well, yes, if we... Uh 
accept what the scriptures say, then uh, and we believe it's it's wrong to commit murder, then uh, and that God cares about the innocent and the defenseless, then yes, we have a responsibility. We're told to rescue those being taken away to slaughter. So we are given direct injunctions to to help the defenseless, and uh, to just turn a blind eye to that is is a, a failure in our responsibility to live up to our faith. Your day-to-day, Graham Preston, uh, you've been doing this now for somewhere around 30 years and uh, one of your preferred uh, operational uh, ways that you get out and make a a noise, uh, be a visual impact, is you stand on the streets and you hold up a sign uh, with the picture of a baby on that sign and you attract all sorts of attention. Uh, Any regrets over that 30 years? Uh, Do you think uh, the signs you've used have been appropriate? Uh, What are your thoughts of, you know, reflecting back on 30 years? Here you are today, a little extra grey hair on that head of yours since I first met you. Uh, What are your thoughts on 30 years? Yes, it uh, it is uh, an interesting thing to look back and see the way I've chosen to to live my life and... uh, uh, no, I, I don't think I have any regrets. I don't think I'd be continuing to do this if I uh, did think it had not been worthwhile. But at, I mean, at the moment, you know, I just simply hold a picture of the unborn baby at eight weeks and a word sign that goes along with it. That word sign varies. Uh, currently, I'm using one that just simply says, life is precious. And it never ceases to amaze me how something as simple as that can arouse such anger and opposition to to simply say life is precious and then have a picture of an unborn baby beside that. And it is, I think, a sign of of the absolute moral bankruptcy of our society that, one, some people get absolutely furious to see that and, two, almost everybody just tries to ignore me and uh, pretend that I'm not there even though they walk past me a metre away Um, our society is just unwilling to face up to what we are doing and uh, it is a tragedy Tragedy is the word Uh, you have been so dedicated, so committed to the cause that you've, as I said in the introduction been jailed six times Uh, as I understand it the longest sentence was eight months Um, you've been in jail Uh, you've been there because of your Christian conviction and uh, I've said to you before and honoured you a number of times you go up in my estimation as a champion of faith as someone who has actually endured that what are your thoughts though? Uh, Jail, do you regret ever going to jail or doing those things that have put you behind bars. Any thoughts here? Ah, well, no. Um, It's easy to say that now I'm not in jail. (laughs) (laughs) At the time when you're in there and you're facing the prospect of eight months there, it's not so easy. Uh, But, uh, again, if, if I always remind myself, well, what is this about? And do uh, young human lives in the womb matter or not? And uh, I, I think that's what we've we've got to always keep in mind. And uh, does God care about them? I mean, uh, that's the, the question every Christian has to answer. Does God care about the child in the womb? And uh, if if we believe that God does, then uh, it's incumbent on us to 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 speak up for them. And if that costs us something, well. 
we've got to be prepared to accept that. As just like in all areas of our Christian life, there's going to be costs, and uh, we need to weigh those costs and then be prepared to act accordingly. Stay with jail for a few moments here. Uh, when I've said to people, my friend Graham has been jailed six times because he's a pro-life campaigner and uh, he's been jailed for his stance being anti-abortion, people look at you blankly and they have a sense of disbelief. You can't be serious. In Australia, you get sent to jail because you're holding a sign or because you're there to defend the unborn. Uh, you must get this often too, Graham. People meet you and they go, no, surely we don't send people to jail in Australia because they have a Christian view of things. Oh, well, it's not something I make a big song and dance about. Uh, everybody who knows me knows my story now, so it's only new people that I meet up with. And uh, uh, But, yeah, I think it does surprise people. But I think, and, I, you know, for those who are listening, I don't want them to think that simply being on the street with a sign is going to lead you directly to jail. It probably won't. I mean, the times when I've been to jail have been a consequence of sit-ins in front of the doors of the abortion clinic when we've refused to move uh, and doing that over and over. So that's what's resulted in, in ending up in jail. So simply for making a public stance, I mean, uh, you, you might get arrested for doing that. I'm currently, uh, last year I was arrested and I'm waiting a trial for that, for simply standing on the street. But I do think the police will probably drop that charge because I've been charged like that numbers of times and they almost always have dropped the charge because there's nothing illegal about doing that. So um, yeah, it's possible that uh, the police might harass you and uh, you could get arrested. But I think this is the thing that Christians should not be afraid of, taking a stand and, and risking arrest and so on. If what you are doing is right and proper, uh, yeah, the state might uh, pr prosecute you for doing so. But um, uh, that that's just the way it goes. And, uh, and so we should not be unwilling to do what is right to do simply because there might be um, difficulties arising. The ripples, even the shock waves from the overturning of Roe versus Wade, uh, I said in the introduction, uh, you're talking... Uh, not celebrating that, taking a sober view, in fact, and redoubling efforts uh, to defend the lives of the unborn. Uh, what's changed now? Because it does appear to be, and even with the meeting that's going on in Adelaide today, uh, there are politicians meeting together talking about how they can consolidate the abortion laws in Australia and make a national uh, law as well. What happens from here, Graham? Ah, yes. Well, uh, I, I, I agree that that's probably been the motivation for them to try to consolidate the Australian law. And uh, in one sense, it, that would make it more difficult if there was a national law against abortion because the further away the uh, government is that has the law, the harder it is to protest them. But um, in other practical respects, it probably wouldn't change things, and, as I say, because essentially anyone who wants an abortion at any stage can get one. So it, it wouldn't change it in that respect, but I think they are a bit nervous because of the change of the Roe versus Wade decision in America. Um, but I think it's important to know uh, with regard in America, I think some people have the impression that the uh, Supreme Court decision, the recent one, uh, has made abortion illegal in America. It hasn't. It simply 
given the lawmaking decision about abortion back to the states as it used to be before Roe versus Wade. And so some states have immediately introduced a law that now makes abortion illegal. Other states allow, like here in Queensland, abortion up to birth. So there's a complete mixture within America uh, between the different states. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Pro-life advocate Graham Preston is our special guest and we're asking the question today, what are you doing to protest abortion? You might like to join in our conversation on 1-800-316-316. Significant things are brewing since the overturning of Roe versus Wade in the United States. 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation uh, let's take a call, Graham. Genevieve is in Pakenham in Victoria. Hi, Genevieve. Welcome. Oh, thank you. Um, I just had a, a, a thought as we were, you were discussing all of this, and that was when the, um, we see in our laws, it seems to be a bit contradictory in terms of if a person has murdered a woman who has been uh, who is with child, and they are charged with murder for not only the the person but also the child. Now, what does the law say about that? When they does it depend on the age of the child that's within the the mother's womb? It, um, it's a it's a query that I have really. Genevieve, you're pointing out a real contradiction here. I think in New South Wales they called this Zoe's law. But uh, Graham, your response for Genevieve? Yes. Well, speaking about the situation in Queensland, since 1987 we've had a law that says the mother doesn't even need to be murdered, but if a pregnant woman is assaulted and the child's uh, correct wording is destroys the life of the child. Uh, the assailant can go to life for prison. And so, yes, we and that has not been changed since abortion was legalised in Queensland. So, yes, you're quite right to point that out. It's total double standard that we have, that that child's life is respected. And a number of times when I've been caught, I've pointed this out to the judge, the magistrate, and said, you know, consider this story. A woman's walking down the street, she's pregnant, she gets assaulted, the baby dies, the person gets charged under that section and is sent to prison for life. Then it is found out that she was on the way to the abortion clinic when she was assaulted. And so you would have had exactly the same outcome. That same child would have been killed in both instances, but in one because she was assaulted, the person who assaults her and kills the child goes to jail for life. In the other, when the abortionist does it at her request, then he gets paid for doing it. We have a total double standard in this society when it comes to the life of the child in the womb. Genevieve, Mm. is that helpful? Yes, it is, but I mean, it it doesn't answer the question. Is why we got double standards in our in well, our because you know everybody I think is agreeable. If a woman doesn't want her child killed, then the person who kills the child should be punished. But then they say, but if she wants the child killed, then it should be allowed. I think you know people are just morally bankrupt. They cannot see how inconsistent they are being. And they're effectively saying the value of the child is totally just dependent on whether the mother wants them or not. Now, we wouldn't allow that in any other area. We wouldn't say, oh, I don't want you, therefore I can kill you. And yet we say this when it comes to abortion. And I think this is what we always need to be pointing out to people, that we have these double standards. And, and, and put them on that point of, of using examples like this to say, well, 
how can we live with this and try to make people face up to what we're accepting? Genevieve in Pakenham in Victoria, thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. We mentioned abortion clinics in your hometown in Brisbane, Graham. Uh, the Greenslopes Abortion Clinic has been one of the best-known abortion clinics, I suspect, in the nation. Uh, it's one of those that you used to frequently be at your best on protests. Uh, give us an update on what's happened there. Yes, well, a few weeks ago when I was out on the streets one morning, a friend rang me very excitedly and said, oh, have you been past the Greenslopes Abortion Clinic? And I said, not for a while. She said, well, there's a for sale sign out the front. So I went past and it was all overgrown with weeds. It was clearly not being used. And uh, sure enough, it was for sale. And so we were very happy to hear that. As Neil just said, it had been operating for 43 years at that location. And uh, uh, to think that this place was finally closed was was wonderful. However, it wasn't long-lived, our excitement, because uh, a check showed that they had actually just moved to a new location. But it's... All the same, that one place that I did a calculation, and by my estimates, I believe that there were probably around 65,000 babies killed in that place over those 43 years. And to put that number of 65,000 in context, uh, about 61,000 Australians were killed in World War I, 40,000 were killed in World War II. So in that one suburban house here in Brisbane, more babies, more human lives were taken than all Australians killed in World War One and in World War Two. So it is just extraordinary to think of the amount of bloodshed that was done there. And, uh, yes, it's a terrible thing. Graham, 65,000 lives taken in one premises and listeners in every other capital city or major centre where there's an abortion clinic, uh, add those numbers together, the numbers are very, very substantial. But when you've had that sort of experience at the Greenslopes Clinic in Brisbane, you can identify or estimate 65,000 lives lost is there some sort of a need for a memorial or something like that? I mean, is there a pro-life activist uh, position on how do you actually recognise those babies? Yeah, well, uh, it would be great if uh, somebody bought that property and uh, knocked down that horrible building and uh, built a, a, a significant memorial to the children that have died there. Uh, whether anyone's got the, the money to do that, I don't know, but uh, I expect it'll probably be knocked down and a block of units will be put up in its place. But um, yes, I do think it would be appropriate to give recognition to the lives lost there. Let's take another call. Jonathan is in Perth. Hi, Jonathan. Welcome. Yeah, uh, I, mean, I wonder if okay, you pull back because I heard the last speaker talk about double standard. You know, I don't know. I don't understand our government. I don't understand even the whole world. If God said that we should not kill, and said thou shalt not kill, and some people gave legal law to kill, and when somebody killed, they kept them in prison. It's a double law. I can't understand. You kill innocent children, but when somebody kills, you kept them to prison. What are government doing? And what German see, don't put your straws in men. I think things have been It's a cause, it's a man who deal on the strength of a man, not looking up to God. I don't understand. We, the Christians, have no right to go to 
to go to any government to help us. We have to face God and solve the problem that do to the man. They will never face it. Jonathan, powerful point you're making here. Uh, for the Christian believer particularly, uh, this is a particularly important point, responsible first to God, not to man, uh, even not to government, but somehow or other to address the double standards and to take some form of action. Yes, I, I think, Jonathan, this exposes the flaw with a democratic society. I'm not saying that I don't think we should have a democratic society because it is probably the best option that we do have, but it is still fatally flawed because in a democracy you basically get what most people want. And most people want, and there's no two ways about it, most people want in Australia to allow abortion. And so even though you can point out the double standards, even though there's so much hypocrisy, even though people can see the picture of the unborn baby and see for themselves, that's a human being there, people still want to allow it. And so we end up with it being allowed because that is what most people want. And it's clearly the case because... People vote for pro-abortion politicians. They vote for pro-abortion parties. And they know what they're doing. And uh, that is a sad reality of the democratic system. And I say that, you know, is probably the best option we've still got. But at the same time, that is what happens when you have a society where people are ex- prepared to accept evil things. Jonathan, thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line is open, 1-800-316-316. Something we'll talk about a little more, but just in this minute or so in the lead-up to the news, there's actually an abortion conference coming up in the city of Brisbane and uh, 4th and 5th of August. That's uh, not too far away from here, a couple of weeks away. You're planning to be there and... Holding your signs can be Graham Preston on the streets making the statement you can make. I'm sure you'd like a few extra friends to stand alongside you, but just very, very quickly, what's happening with that conference? Yes, every two years, the notorious group Children by Choice, as the name says it all, uh, hold a big conference, and uh, that's coming up in, as Neil said, on the 4th and 5th in two weeks' time. And we believe it is very important. I mean, they're scared of us because they did not reveal the venue for this because they don't want us to be there, which makes it all the more important that we be there. We know where it is and we're going to be there. In fact, Graham, before we get into some other issues, why don't we take another call? May is in Loriton in New South Wales. Hello, May. Welcome along. Oh, yes. Hello. Good morning. I'm enjoying the program. Thank you for... Um taking my call, and uh, God bless uh, Graham Preston, indeed. He's doing a great job, and I do admire him very much. That's great. Um, I have two questions, please. Besides standing on the street with a sign, um, what other ways can we really show effective protest against this, um, uh, and also besides the abortion, the abortion body parts industry, which is just shocking and I think that's one reason why the evil one pushes back so hard because there's so much money involved in that Um, so how else can we protest the other question is um, where can a woman go these days if she is pregnant and she wants to have that child Are, are there places where women can go say in New South Wales and or Queensland where they can actually go to have their baby Safely. May, wonderful points you're making here. Let's uh, tackle the two of those. Uh, whichever one you were to go with first, Graham. Okay, well, just starting with the second one, 
and it sort of partially answers the first one as well. Uh, I that's one of the things that people can be doing is providing this sort of practical support for women who do find themselves unexpectedly pregnant and tossing up whether to keep their child or have an abortion. And so many women who have had abortions say, well, if only somebody had helped me, I would have had the child. And they just feel unsupported. The man might have walked away from them and they're on their own. They might have been thrown out by their parents. And so it is just so important that if we're going to say abortion is wrong, we've got to be prepared to help those who are in difficulty due to uh, bad decisions they may have made. And so that's one of the things that people can be doing is is providing that sort of assistance. Uh, you know, there are organisations such as the one Neil has mentioned, Priceless Life here in Brisbane, that um, uh, provides counsel and practical support to to such women and couples who, who need assistance. And uh, so there are groups like that in most of the major cities around Australia. It's more challenging in the smaller towns. Uh, I'm not sure how big Lauriton is. I don't even know where Lauriton is. I don't think I've heard of it. But uh, uh, people need to know, even in smaller places. And uh, you know, one of the things I've encouraged churches to do is to put a sign in a prominent place on their property that says simply, pregnant, worried, we will help. And I think that if every church had that and women could see that the churches did care and were willing to offer them assistance, then they wouldn't be able to say, well, I didn't know where to go. I didn't know if anybody would help me. And so I put that out to every church to to, to do something as simple as that, for them to work in conjunction with specialist centres like Priceless and uh, to the two of them together to provide that sort of assistance so that women do know and every church they go by they see a big sign like that saying that I think that would make a huge difference and, uh, and then many people could be involved with that aspect of, of helping people through a difficult time. May in Lauriton, just to the south of Port Macquarie so far as the geography goes, May, that was a great response. Uh, was that helpful? Everyone can do something. Uh, a sign on your church sign, just a little ad- ad- addition. A big sign. one. A big one. <laughs> a big one, according to Graham. May, was that helpful? Yes, yes, yes. Very helpful. Um, raises another question. Then, those help services. What sort of services would they need to be? Uh, so that could be a little bit more of. Um, uh, an involved area to investigate, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, it is something that does require proper planning and organisation and you need to have a, a core group of committed people. But it is a surprising how much can be done if you have a couple of people who are willing to, to who get the vision for this and see the necessity of it. I mean, uh, Priceless here in Brisbane has helped a couple of places in country towns in Queensland to set up similar sorts of services. And for a lot of women, they just need somebody to talk to. They need somebody who cares about them, a mentor to give them ongoing moral support. Others do need more practical assistance, and uh, and we have a whole network of support available for that. There are other groups, though, as well, like um, there's a group that uh, is called Baby Give Back. And uh, as you know, a lot of babies cots and prams and things never get worn out and so they take things that have uh, been used and then they do them up and then they provide them for people who who need it. So there are groups that exist like that and uh, so it, it really just requires how much 
imagination we've got, how much we're willing to put into it. But um, I do believe that probably in every town there will be a couple of people who, who are able to do this sort of thing and uh, it, it just makes the world a difference. As I say, for many people they just need to know somebody cares about them and that will be enough to help them through. May, thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line remains open on one 316 316 Graham Preston... Uh, Two, a two-pronged attack there in that sense of providing that support uh, for the young mother uh, who's got an unexpected pregnancy. Uh, the other uh, prong of the attack, of course, is doing something courageous and you do need courage uh, to do what you do, uh, to stand on the streets. And and perhaps uh, let's take a few moments to talk about the sort of courage you might require because it's not just even verbal abuse that you'll get from people from time to time. Uh, even it turns into physical abuse. Uh, you've got lots of stories from the street. We've had conversations before, you know, what's a life like, a day in the life of Graham Preston? Uh, you've been attacked with paint. Uh, you've got a lot of stories here. What's it like when someone's got their paint and they're squirting it all over you or throwing it on you and uh, obviously you've got to get it all off later? That's, a, that's one of the attacks you've suffered. Yes. Um, in some respects, uh, I have some hesitancy to tell people about these sort of things because I don't want to scare anybody off from going out on the streets as well because I do think this is one of the most important things we can do is just to keep the issue alive in front of people. I think so many people just simply want to pretend this is not going on and one way we can keep the issue alive is to go out on the streets, to hold up signs and remind people of what is happening. And if you do that, though, then there are going to be a, a small percentage of people that are going to resent that and going to try to stop you. And uh, and you know, each time I go out, I never know what's going to happen. And uh, mostly, nothing too bad happens. I mean, verbal abuse isn't nice, but uh, it doesn't hurt you, and uh, you just have to develop a thick skin to to let that bounce off. But when people are more physically aggressive, then that goes another step and that is more challenging. As Neil mentioned, not too long ago, a young lady came up with a couple of tubes of artist paint and literally just squirted them all over me. And uh, that was very unpleasant. Uh, and the worst thing was she went away and then 10 minutes came back later, came back later with two more tubes and this time specifically aimed them at my face. And it was, it was very difficult because, you know, do I get into a physical brawl with a young woman on the street? I think that would be very poor PR if I did that, and apart from the fact that I don't believe that's the right thing to do. But uh, to have somebody do that to you is 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 very unpleasant. And, um, you know, try to talk to her. No, there's no way to talk to her. And uh, so physically it was uh, difficult. Uh, but... Uh, a few minutes after that happened, another young lady pulled up with a University of Queensland T-shirt on and I thought, oh, I wonder how she's going to respond to this. But she had driven by and seen the attack happen. It was in a very busy place, so she'd had to go a long way around to come back and uh, to come back to see me. And she'd brought along a packet of baby wipes, which were very helpful in cleaning me up and cleaning the signs up and enabled me to stay there. And then another lady pulled up. And uh, she was actually a lady who works at Priceless with my wife. And she'd just driven by. She hadn't even realized it had been attacked, but she decided she'd stop and pray for me. And it was only when she walked up to me and saw me covered in paint that she realized what had happened. 
And so even though it was a very difficult experience, having those two ladies stop in those sort of situations was most encouraging. And, um, and you, you know, for that lady who squirted the pain, just want to pray for her. She's obviously, I would say, almost certainly had an abortion herself and struggling with what she has done. And, um, you know, she probably just wants to try to forget about that. But those who've had abortions have to face up to what they've done and repent and seek God's forgiveness so that their lives can be made whole again. And to just simply let these things go by without saying anything doesn't help them. I mean, it's a very difficult time for them and they respond in a hard way to us. But at the same time, it is most important that uh, we face up to what's going on. one 800 an old friend of yours uh, on the line from Tasmania, Penny. Uh, Penny, Hello. you <laughs> good to hear from you, Penny, and you're a familiar voice to lots yeah. of listeners. And uh, I'm yeah. just re- I'm just remembering some years ago uh, you teamed up with Graham on the streets in Tasmania, and you yourself were yeah. arrested. Twenty fourteen. <laughs> Hi, Penny. Twenty fourteen. It was in in April. <laughs> good to hear you again, Penny. <laughs> Penny. Uh, fine, thanks. Yeah. What did you want to say, Penny? I just want to say that I've been listening to Graham over the years on Vision and I always want to cheer him on and I talk to people, Christian and non-people, about abortion and I'm always surprised at some of the answers that come out and sometimes positive, sometimes positively sad that person and it's not just women who suffer afterwards men do too I think that's a good thing you've said there Penny that's one of the main things we can do is just to talk about this because people don't want to talk about it they want to just put it under the rug and forget about it it requires people to be willing to talk about it even though it will often raise conflict we need to talk about it that's very good i'm glad to hear you're still doing that penny thank you so much for your call our talkback line on 1-800-316-316 let's take some calls get through as many as we can zachary is in cairns in queensland hi zachary welcome g'day neil how are you going? Very well, Zachary. What are your thoughts? Uh, well, I don't know if this has been um, mentioned already. Um, I actually just recently moved to Cairns, but I used to be in Kingaroy uh, as part of the Kingaroy Church of Christ. And um, we, as a church, supported uh, an organisation known as Eva's Place. Um, and so Eva's Place was um, like a voluntary, voluntary base. Um, organization that uh, reached out to, to women and young women in the community um, and provided, uh, you know, someone to speak to, um, counselling and um, different sort of uh, all necess- necessities, you know, for, for bringing up a baby. Um, and so there's, from what I understand, there are there are multiple um, similar things around the nation Um yeah, yeah, I just wanted to put that. Zachary, you're making a good point. You'll find somewhere in your neighbourhood, and if there is nowhere in your neighbourhood, you could start something, but there's often groups that you can support. Graham, your thoughts for Zachary? Ah, yes, and uh, yes, Eva's Place is great. I think that's in Toowoomba. And 
every you know substantial town around the country should be providing somewhere. But as I said, even churches, it, it doesn't require a huge amount. It you know often it just needs somebody who will speak encouragingly and provide moral support to women. And uh, and uh, you know there should be somebody in every church who's able to do that. And so um, we need to make it known that Christians care about women in these circumstances, so that people will come to us and uh, we can give them the help they need. Zachary, thank you so much for your call. Let's take another call. Bruce is in Wondai in Queensland. Hi, Bruce. Welcome. Hi, how are you? Very well, Bruce. What are your thoughts? Who am I talking? Uh, yeah, right. I'm just turning off my radio. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, my, uh, I was going to mention even Eva's place, but the last uh, caller mentioned that. But uh, one of the things that really set me against the abortion thing I ran across a guy, Anthony Levitino, on YouTube. He's an American gynecologist and for years had done tens of thousands of abortions. I don't know how many. And nowhere in his presentations does he mention any aspect of Christian faith, but simply realised one day that he was killing babies and stopped. Cold stone stopped. But uh, he's gone on, he's talked to Senate committees and all sorts of things, and there's some terrific detail of what actually happens in an abortion. And, um, you know, the various arguments for late term and saving the mother's life and and things like that. Some of the stuff that's out there, it's just simply murder. It is nothing more than... Bruce, you're making a very, very strong point here, and uh, to hear what happens uh, is grotesque. Uh, It's abominable. Uh, Graham, your thoughts for Bruce? Uh, Yes, I would certainly recommend uh, that website by Levitino. He has some excellent videos showing how abortions are done at different stages. Very, very sobering. And if you have non-Christian people or pro-abortion people, recommend them having a look what his material shows because uh, anybody can look at that and just say, oh, who cares? They uh, have got serious problems. Anybody with a heart at all still beating should be able to see that and and see how terrible it is. So you're right. There is so much good material on the internet and that's some of the best. Bruce, thank you so much for your call. 1-800-316-316. Not a lot of time remaining. I want to come back to this abortion conference that's coming up in the city of Brisbane. You've got a plan to be there, Graham Preston, uh, for some people who might be in southeast Queensland or northern New South Wales within distance of being able to stand alongside you on the street. I'm sure you'd like an extra friend or two there. Just how significant are these abortion conferences when they are being held? This one that's coming up, what are your thoughts on that? Give us some sort of idea what the pro-abortion push is like today. Yes, well, it is extraordinary that uh, this is a major conference. As I mentioned to Neil earlier, that uh, there are 53 presenters at this two-day conference. And uh, so that's a crowd in themselves, just the people who are speaking. Then there's three uh, keynote speakers as well. And uh, they hold this conference every two years, as I said, uh, run by this group, Children by Choice, and people come from all around the country to it. Um, we Each time they've held one of these, we've probably been to at least half a dozen of them over the years, uh, we have picketed them, and obviously it gets to them because in recent years they keep it secret what the venue is, and we've had to do some detective work to find out. 
uh, and they did that again this year and uh, we found that it's going to be held in the Brisbane Convention Centre. So it's great to know where it is, but the problem with that place is that it's got multiple entrances. And so it's going to mean that we need people outside each of those entrances so that they know that we are there and are not giving them a free run because that's what they want to be able to do, just to have their conference in peace. We're not aggressive, we're not violent, we don't shout, we're just simply there to prick their consciences. And obviously the fact that we have been there in the past does prick their consciences, and that's why they try to hide their conference from us. We mentioned a little earlier the reaction that came from pro-abortion protesters around Roe versus Wade being overturned, uh, that there was violence against churches and against pro-life organisations. Just to perhaps uh, clarify, uh, Graham, you take a non-violent direct action approach. So uh, violence is not something you're ever advocating. And just in case listeners might be thinking, oh, well, we're uh, advocating some level of uh, protest that includes uh, some sort of violence, that's just not the case. Yes, I'm glad you mentioned that, Neil, because uh, some people might think I've gone to jail because of violent activities. Never. Totally non-violent. I'm a pacifist by conviction, a Christian pacifist. And uh, that's one of the challenges when you get attacked in the street, uh, getting assaulted by people. Uh, it's very challenging, but it really puts your convictions on the line at that point. But we would emphasize we do not engage in any violence, or verbally or physically in any way, and we just maintain a peaceful protest, uh, and that is sufficient to prick people's consciences. And uh, so, yes, if people are available on the mornings of the 4th and the 5th of August, uh, please contact me and uh, so we can organize to have you join us and uh, to, to, to be there to challenge these people who are at the front line of the abortion industry, who are promoting it, and uh, they need to, to be challenged about what they're saying and doing. Let's take one more call. Time's short. Tony is in Rockhampton. Hi, Tony. Welcome. Oh, hi. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Need to be quick. Yes, what are your I, thoughts? Yes. Um, oh, my, yeah, um, before I became a Christian... Um, when I was young and silly, I had one, and then I learnt what happens when it goes on. Because when you go to have it, they tell you it's nothing, and it makes you feel co- they make you feel comfortable by telling you that it is that it's just a, a blob of cells. And then I found out it's not, and it it I found out graphically exactly what happened. So now. I try to talk to people. My daughter, she's um, 17 and try to tell her graphically exactly what happened so that she doesn't make the same mistake I did. And one day I'm hoping that I can find someone that I can um, stand with and talk to people um, that and tell them my experience and tell them the truth not the lies that the family planning clinics tell you. I would, I would hope that one day I could do that. I, I don't know who in Rockhampton that I could do that with, but um, that would be like coming from my own personal experience. I would like to um, open other people's eyes. Other, Tony, other women's eyes. Thank you so much for uh, humbly and courageously sharing your story. Uh, Graham, a quick thought for Tony? Yes, it is certainly great if you can have a compatriot to, to work with and uh, to do things with. Uh, that's the ideal, but I would encourage anybody, even if you're on your own, it's better than nobody at all. 
and often I'm on the street on my own. Sometimes friends come with me, but um, I always think one person says a lot louder, speaks a lot louder than nobody. Tony, thank you so much for your call. Time has run out. Uh, let me just point listeners to how you can connect with Graham Preston today. Perhaps you want to stand alongside Graham on the street. Maybe you want to watch from the other side of the street and see what's going on. Uh, I'm sure that might be a, a testing of the waters. Uh, protect-life.info. It's not the easiest website, but if you jot that down now and go to protect-life.info, you'll be able to connect with Graham Preston. Uh, I mentioned that Graham's wife, Liz, runs that pregnancy support. That's the Priceless Life Centre. There's a website there too, pricelesslife.org pricelesslife.org that's based in Brisbane but if you're interstate uh, all around Australia no doubt there'll be referrals to where you can get in touch with a local uh, pregnancy support centre I hope I've delivered those uh, addresses okay there Graham it's uh, protect-life.info yeah well my email address is contact at protect-life.info. So. And directly in contact with Graham Preston. That abortion conference he's talking about standing out front of is on the 4th and 5th of August. That'll be in Brisbane. Uh, Bri- uh, Graham, thank you so much uh, for taking some time once again. Uh, just a, an update on <laughs> what's happening in the life of Graham Preston. You are a hero uh, in the lives, in the minds of so many uh, Christian believers who uh, just admire you from a distance and uh, perhaps... Uh, lesser distance and more standing alongside might be something you would aspire to for listeners. Uh, Graham, thanks so much for sharing your thoughts and your heart with us today on 2020. Thanks, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.